Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and today we will be talking about things that you wish someone told you when you were getting started in ministry. We all know that experience is something that we gain. You can't just get experience from a book. You have to actually experience things in order to become an expert. And so today we are going to be talking with someone who who I have personally certified as a verifiable expert. Miss Rhonda Van Cleve, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Rhonda has this has been involved in ministry for a long, long time. Husband is a pastor. You serve in kids ministry at your own church, and you've done so for a lot a of few years. years. <laughs> Just because it, 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 we're talking about experience today, right? Not to talk about you know uh, yeah. how old we. I are started getting. very, very young. You must have yes, but forty years yes. of experience yes. in working in the church with kids. True. Not counting all the intensified experience of leading the Vacation Bible School <laughs> publishing team here at Lifeway Kids. True. So you have a great wealth of information and knowledge that you have acquired over the years. Well, thank you. Yes, it is a great wealth, officially. <laughs> so listeners, we're going to be talking with Rhonda today, and we're going to be hearing about uh, four things is what we're going to look for. Four things that she wishes she knew when she was getting started. True. And so as you get started, these are, these are kind of those, this is that... Uh, that bit of, bit of wisdom that Ron is going to impart to us. And it doesn't really matter, let me say this, if you are just getting started or if you've been doing this for five years or, or many years, there are some things that uh, either we need to be reminded of, uh, even if we are experts, sometimes right. it's good to be reassured that, hey, mm-hmm. you know these things, or maybe there's two or three of these that you do well and a couple that you, that maybe you're still dealing with. And the other thing I would call you to, listeners, is maybe you possess this knowledge and you need to look for someone younger than you that you can mentor and train up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we'll be getting into that. Rhonda, but first, Mm. I always like to have little, you know, fun little discussions uh, to find out about our guests. And so this is a new thing. I'm just, this isn't like a, when you were little, sometimes we do, you know, tell us a little bit about little you. You may have done that before. I don't recall. But what I want to know is what are two things just two things in your world right now that you're excited about. What is Rhonda excited about? It could be anything from what you're eating to where you're shopping to something happening with the grandkids. Mm. What are you excited about right now? Two things. Two well, things. that's kind of hard to limit, but at, you referred to my age. But one of the things I wear proudly is my name, Nana. And I have three grandkids and number four on the way in December. Wow, so that's super exciting in my world. It also keeps me in touch with kids. But I'm having way more fun being Nana, I think, just because of the flexibility and the ability to come in and do those cool things that maybe I had to draw the line a little closer when I was the parent. Yes. <laughs> um, but and I'm we're not loving. to that point yet. But I, as I talk with friends who are getting there, it sounds like grandparenting is a whole different game than parenting. I always heard that and always kind of doubted it. But I'm a firm believer. And I have them from brand new in December to 10 years old. So... It's really exciting to see what they do and how they grow and, and, and be a part of their lives. And are they all, they all live near you? They live within about 30 minutes of me. So I'm blessed to be able to, to have that opportunity because my kids, being a pastor's family, we were not always close to family. Mm. Uh, it was sometimes 10, 12 hours away. So this yeah. has been a blessing that I'm close to my grandkids, and I don't take that uh, for granted at all. So, I really appreciate it. So being it. Nana is one. Is one thing. All right, what's another thing? Uh, the second exciting thing oh there's mm, then then it falls between hmm, husband church here I guess the other exciting thing is just 
literally what I get to do every day. Um, being a part of VBS is, is really, uh, that's what I live and breathe. And because I don't like to do anything the same way twice, my husband gets seasick following me through <laughs> stores because I never take the aisle. I'm the dart between racks, and I never go, I don't go through my house the same way twice. Wow. So I love the way VBS gets to take a different path every single year, always looking for a better, always looking for something more exciting. So, yeah, I like variety. So do you have traffic patterns that wear in your carpet, or do you avoid that by not walking the same path twice? I don't have any patterns wow. in my car, car carpet. That I pretty much am bouncing, and I may have been known to jump on furniture, but um, my the past would be my husband. He, you know, opposites attract, so he oh, has patterns. Oh, so he's patterns. a creature of habits. He's super creature of habit, wow. and I mess up his habits all the time. Well, it must be interesting to see the two of you together. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Opposites attract. Okay, well, we're going to talk about these four things that, that you wish you knew or that others might wish they knew when getting started. And so there's no way to know everything, right, Until uh, unless someone tells you what they right. know or uh -huh. unless you experience it yourself. And so the question today is if you could go back in time mm -hmm. and if you could talk to younger Rhonda, you mentioned age. I did. Way more than it, I did. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about young Rhonda like that was a long time right. ago. But if you could go back just a year or two to when you were just young Rhonda, <laughs> what would you tell yourself now based on all the things that you've seen and heard and experienced? What advice do you wish someone had shared with you? So let's go there. What, where would you begin in talking to yourself? Well, in talking to myself and, and not only the, the myself that started as a teenager helping my mom in VBS, but all through the years... First of all, is just cut myself some slack. You know, it's really okay. Nothing's perfect. But one of the tips I would have given myself is uh, always have my, I call it something in my back pocket ready. Um, the one thing that you can depend on is that you can't depend on anything being consistent when you're teaching. And so sometimes the amount of time you have to feel like right now part of my world is children's church. Well, you never really know when the actual cutoff is going to be. Even if you think I can control the preacher, I can't. Oh, in terms uh, of how long? How long it goes? So sometimes even when you you're have, married to him, you even can't control you that. Can't. I've threatened <laughs> to put a button in so that I could push it and it would light up and tell him, you know. But um, basically, sometimes you have to stretch the time you have. I also have found over the years you find yourself in unexpected places, needing to fill time. It might be on a church van going somewhere, and you know you get stuck and you have to fill time it could be uh, they're in a line uh, and you're waiting to fill time you need to keep them quiet there's just lots of time that you need to fill time in fact one time I was even asked to uh, can you do a class with the kids tonight and I had like 30 seconds notice at a church and so it always helps to have something in your back pocket so I have some go-to things okay and one of the things everybody can always learn some Bible skills and it, but make them fun and so you know just and you can use the Bible skills to have conversations with the kids so you're not only learning things about them and building that relationship but they go home with some kind of new fact now, I do have a couple of tricks up my sleeve. For instance, I learned that I can say all 66 books of the Bible in 18 seconds. Wow. And so I pull that out of my back pocket real often, and I can grab a fifth grade boy's attention really fast because then they want to try it. Well, you know that you can't say that and not do it. You know, I had a feeling that might be coming, and I haven't practiced it. So <laughs> you've gonna, got 18 I'm gonna seconds. Get, let me get a stopwatch. We, i got to get my breath going. We will time you. All right. Stopwatch. 
I will hit start when you hit Genesis. Okay, are you ready? ready? Do you want me to count you down? No. If okay. you're ready to start, I'll just go. start. Okay, ready? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, First Saint Kings, First Saint Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jeremiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Two Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First, Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, and James, First Peter, Second Peter, Three John, Jude, and Revelation. Oh, I got you in yeah, just twenty seconds. Twenty seconds, man! <laughs> it was that extra breath in the Old Testament. That blew it. <laughs> You've maybe your your personal record has just slipped just a teeny it's bit. It slipped a tad, it's, but it's, you know I'm going to rack it up to nerves for being on the podcast. Thanks. Give me twenty two second seconds. Grace. Is still pretty remarkable. And but like I said, wasn't that fun? <laughs> that was fun. I can see kids loving that. And they're going, okay, let's try this. Well, by the time we walked out of that class, they could get through the law and most of the history. But also helping them understand why it's called law and why it's called history. You know, you can do almost a whole class just help getting excited about, oh, Exodus is called Exit because it looks like the exit sign. Uh-huh. And that's the main story. So it's these Bible facts that I've learned that are kind of fun, but you can kind of build on. And then there's things like if you've just had a lesson, uh, quick review games. You know, it's easy to... Um, if you've got a numbered cube, you can roll, and that's the points, or that's the question, or uh, and you know, points are free, so you can give them a million points for right. a right answer. <laughs> so just keep the excitement going, but you can ask some fun questions, and then don't forget to let them be part of it. Uh, let them say, okay, you, you're going to ask me questions now, or you're going to ask your friends. Um, one of my favorite games right now is one that a kid at my church and I um, over the course of some time, you know, where, okay, we, we need to fill this time. And and we've made up a game using um, popsicle sticks and a numbered cube. So just keep that bank of back pocket ideas going. And some of it you don't need any tools at all. And some you might just need a, a couple of pieces. All right, but really wise because everybody's been in that position where you're like, okay, I've done the whole lesson and mm-hmm. we don't know how much longer, how much more time we have to fill. Right. So being pre-prepared, right. you can be ready to go with any situation right? and take the panic out of it. Yeah, and then don't huh. be afraid to ask the kids to help come up with something because they can make up a game on the fly too. And that's a whole separate back pocket item is yes. have involved the kids. That's right. Very good. So the first of the four things that you wish you knew is have something in your back pocket. Right. Good job. Right. All right, what's number two? The second one is keep a substitute box. Now, when I taught school, I have a very checkered past. So one of the many things I've done in the past is taught – Uh, grade school and high school um, and adult classes and and, you know I I know I have strange skill set but we always had to have a substitute folder or something ready because usually you need a sub when you least expect it Mm -hmm. I found that actually works also with my church responsibilities so if I know I'm going to be gone I put everything that the sub is going to need in there and I can literally hand them the box including a schedule of what our typical sessions like but also if you have one that's prepared because you never know when that stomach bug's going to hit on Saturday night and maybe it's not really the lesson that's due that day right. it doesn't matter a good lesson is a good lesson so put together something that you think would be good no matter when have anything in that box that you might need if it's uh, instructions for how to make something or if it's things to play a game with and if you have to all you have to do is say it's the brown metal box that's sitting on the third shelf just hand that to it's like your emergency kit it's an emergency kit and you know what that's really a lifesaver and the person doesn't feel as panicked about 
stepping in at the last minute and just make sure you refresh it. When it I was going to say, right, because <laughs> once it's been used, you need to have maybe one a week for some of depending on how many. It seems like there's always someone who's coming down with something at the last minute. It's right. never a convenient time right. for you to prepare. That's but that's life. a great idea. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of the things you'd put in there? So you mentioned the okay. lesson. You said stuff that you might need. Right. So like if you're going to have them play a game, either tell them, what pieces in the room you need, if it's your inflatable GameCube or something, or um, if it's uh, something they're going to make, then already make the copies if they're going to need a template mm. or whatever. And then a, if there's general supplies in the room they're going to gather, just have that on a list in the box. Just think, if I walked in cold, what would I need to know in this box? And if it's not actually in there, tell me where it is. Yeah. So if it's markers and glue and scissors, you're good to go. I think of like when our kids were little, we had the little emergency bag of a change of outfit in the back of the car in yes. case somebody spilled or whatever happened, happened. You were ready to go. So great idea to keep a substitute yep. box. Mm-hmm. Really good. Okay. Have your back pocket yeah. item ready. Mm-hmm. Have your substitute box. What's your next bit of advice? Well, and you kind of mentioned it a little earlier, but I call it multiply yourself. You know, I always, um, first of all, when I first started, I was intimidated thinking, I can't teach anybody else how to teach. And that probably took me the longest to get over that. But then I began to realize that if you just bring somebody alongside you as your helper, they pick up a lot more than you realize. You can intentionally mentor, and that's great, but a a lot of times there's unintentional mentoring that's just as good. So just bring in somebody who says, I can't take the lead, but I'll be in there with you. Take that as God's Holy Spirit beginning to open their heart and and mind to work with kids. Um, so I can't count, you're right, it's been a lot of years, but many, many times over the years, a helper will pretty soon be somebody who can step into a lead role just because they built their confidence. Yes. Uh, now, I have been told actually more than once, and I'm not really sure how to take this, but sometimes uh, a person will look at me and say, you know, I've been in here with you and I've decided if you can do it, I can do it. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> Maybe that's just make it look easy. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but great idea, right? Because right. Have, so you may not have somebody who's ready to just hand the substitute box to today. Right. But by spending time with you, exposure to watching you do it leads to increased confidence, which right. leads to increased competency, which leads to... Pretty soon they're ready to take over, too. And so I think, and then you yeah. can match somebody else with them, who, and then each teacher yeah. could be training up somebody else. So as you're multiplying yourself, you're just solving a mm-hmm. lot of problems. You're going to have, you know, hopefully as as God blesses your church, you'll have a, more opportunities, and it's easy to move them into different uh, serving positions with kids that work. And then also in mentoring is the youth aspect. Mm. And especially with children's church, you know, first of all, you have a lot of people clamoring sometimes, at least in my situation, you know, oh, I want to stay down there. And so I had to set some ground rules, you know, this is, you know, limit the number and they can't be, you know, they don't sit in a corner and chat. They actually get in with the kids and do the activities. But um, you can really uh, open up the skill sets of some youth and discover the giftings God's already placing on their lives. I mean, I started... I was barely out of the children's department when I started helping my mom in VBS. And Mm. so it's been a natural thing for me. I don't really know when I wasn't teaching children. So I think when we take our teenagers and plug them in with our teachers at church, 
then they really don't realize that transition ever happens. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always taught kids. I think the people who come in and they're late 20s and 30s and 40s for the first time, it's a lot more intimidating. If you've started as a teenager, that's just normal. Yes, yes. Something else that just comes to mind as you're talking about this is it might actually be a little bit easier to recruit rather than saying, I want you to come in and lead this class. Oh. But to recruit someone and say, I would like you to just come in and just be my assistant. Just be in the room if we need help cutting something or if we need help finding glue or passing out goldfish <laughs> crackers, you can just be the helper. Right. I think that's way less pressure, and it's a little easier to get people to say yes to that. And then, like you mentioned, you get the accidental uh, mentoring that happens just by by close contact with one absolutely. another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And so the payoff is great. It really is. Great. Okay. Number four. <clears throat> this one may sound odd. But, um, you know, this happened in public schools and it happens at church. People get labels. And sometimes you think, okay, that's that's the trouble kid or that's the, you know, bright one or that's the this or that's Mm. that. Just try really hard just to see them all as the child God made. And sometimes Mm. you have to intentionally widen your focus and your vision of who they are by getting to know who they are. Mm. Do you recognize their family in church? Do you know who they come with? Um, I know home visitation over the decades, obviously, I've been, it used to be a very common thing. Now it's more of a challenge for Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons. But, you know, really knowing what somebody's background is, where do they live? Where do they get up every morning? What's their drive to church like? How do they get there? If, you know, a lot of kids aren't there every Sunday because it's not their fault, but Mm -hmm. the life circumstances they're in. So I think when you understand their underlying you know what's what's causing them to walk in the door the way they walk in the door Um, one of the things I learned from my mom I mean I was mentored too because of uh, who I was around but she has this radar for food (laughs) anyway and realized that some of the kids in her uh, class who were having the hardest time behaving were actually hungry hungry. and so she just started bringing a simple little snack and as soon as they had that it changed, changed them the totally they who they were. Huh. So so sometimes, you know, trying to see the child for who he or she is, um, are, do they have trouble learning? So are their defensive automatically up because they don't want to be embarrassed? Um, or are, is the defense there because if I lash out first, maybe I won't be hurt as bad if somebody lashes at me because that's yeah. what they live with. So, you know, what's their home life like? What physical issues might they have? Do they feel embarrassed about things? Or maybe they take things for granted. They think they should be accepted because everybody tells them they're, you know, maybe super special. And, and they all are. But some, but getting them down to, you know, sort of equal footing for everyone and helping mm-hmm. them accept each other. But, mm. yeah, labels sometimes can skew the way we approach kids. And that can be an easy thing. To, I mean, I think we fall into that just in general with oh, other yeah. adults and with everyone else mm-hmm. is right. somebody's friendly or not friendly. Somebody is, you know, outgoing or introverted. Somebody right. is whatever it is, always late mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And so, um, yeah, good advice yeah. to to try to peel off those labels yeah. that we would stick on somebody. Right, or and you've been told by the previous teacher. Right. So, no, sometimes the ones that, uh, personalities are different. So it could be the teacher they had in, in a younger class 
their personality had to work harder to mesh with that child and maybe that child is really so perfect for mine that I don't have any trouble at all. So yeah, yeah not just because somebody else says they're going to be a challenge. Great tips. Great tips. I feel like young Rhonda would so appreciate hearing this podcast. <laughs> I, I think she would have. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rhonda Van Cleve, for being with us. We appreciate you sharing your, uh, your experience mm-hmm. with our listener base. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Listeners, thank you for listening. Hey, if you have not yet made a decision about what you're doing for VBS, please let me encourage you to go to lifeway.com slash VBS, where you can find all about in the wild in the wild is our theme for this summer and it's got some amazing cool art great music it's fantastic teaching always lifeway vbs is always gospel centered and age appropriate teaching and super fun and it's one of the highlights of the summer i know rhonda loves it i love it (laughs) she leads the publishing team that creates it and so go to lifeway.com vbs check out in the wild and then Pick up your Jumpstart kit or starter kit to get the things that you need to begin planning and get your head around running the VBS. And you can get those Jumpstarts or starters right there by clicking through at LifeWay.com or at your local LifeWay Christian store. Thank you again for listening, everybody. And we'll see you again next time on another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.